0: If there is a, uh, you know, quote unquote weakness, uh, let's say, you know, are you worried that you're going to write checks to suppliers who don't exist, right, is let's let's completely rethink the entire AP process so that it's streamlined and the check happens much earlier than at the check run.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I think that's where a lot of companies get into trouble, Peter, is where they um, they, they, they just they're, they're, they take the old process and, and leave they, it alone and they, they, and they stick a bunch of controls along the way mm-hmm. so they've taken a process that's maybe antiquated, doesn't work right anyway and then put some controls in places where um, maybe they're not very effective or not really doing anything and it makes the process even worse
0: Good morning, Uh, this is Peter Purcell
1: and Bill Ivany here.
0: Today we're going to continue our chats around our Jargon series and uh, attack uh, internal controls and internal control reviews.
1: Yeah, this is always a fun subject. When people hear the word controls, they're probably now stopping the podcast and deciding to move on to the next one, right?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and the philosophy for for us, I think, is and in, in the philosophy that I've been talking to a number of folks about is, you know, controls shouldn't be considered business prevention.
1: Well, and that's probably where you're about to stop the podcast. Don't stop it yet. We're going to talk about how to make controls fun. Well, maybe not exactly fun, but a little more interesting than just business prevention that people perceive it to be, right?
0: Right, right. Uh, the other day I was talking to a client, Bill, and the thing that we went through was, you know, if you do processes right, if you go and take a look at a process and you, you, you have it streamlined and it's correct and people are following the rules, you know, policies and procedures and doing the process right that's how controls should be implemented.
1: Right, right. But if we, you know, and if we step back and look where this all started, right? Think about when it, when Sarbanes-Oxley first came out. Oh, sucks
0: and, the dirty word. And
1: it redefined the word controls, right? Mm-hmm. Companies had controls in place just simple controls, but Sarbanes Oxley put kind of the letter of the law behind it, right?
0: Well, absolutely. And and if you think about why Mr. Sarbanes and Mr. Oxley tried, you know, pass these these laws, it was because people were were not following policies and procedures, were not doing processes right, and they were frankly breaking the law.
1: Right, right. So, but when Sarbanes Oxley came along and the enforcement of it. Everybody made their own interpretation of what it should be and defined it and put. They they said, "Look, why don't we we'll just put a lot of controls in place and we'll put primary and secondary controls and and we'll just load up the company with controls so we can um, prevent business right." This whole business prevention comment you made a minute ago, right?
0: Right, and I mean it, it was it was stupid. I think in my mind because I just remember thinking that the checks and double checks and triple checks, right? So I'm using a little simpler language than you uh, instead of primary, secondary. Uh, I'm a simple guy. But, you know, checks, double checks, triple checks. It, it was, Check the checker. Yeah, you were like checking the checker and then checking the checker checker, you know, and it was ridiculous.
1: Right, right. And I think it was all about quantity over quality in a lot of the controls because people's fear was, well, if this doesn't work, let's have a secondary one, and if this doesn't work, we'll have another one and a tertiary, and so on and so forth. And the whole problem was early on when companies were adopting Sarbanes-Oxley Act, they were interp- the audit firms were interpreting it and putting as much. It was kind of error on the side of of uh,
0: conservatism, being, right? right? I mean, wait, they were wait, way and, too conservative. And,
1: and I think what 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 happened over the years is companies were finding out they weren't able to conduct business efficiently and was costing them uh, tens and hundreds of millions of dollars to keep a controls framework in place. And and then that's when, uh, you know, COSO came along and came up with some frameworks and suggested frameworks and helped a little bit and gave people a framework. However, um, still the amount of controls was... uh, ridiculous right and companies started thinking about rationalizing them right
0: right so why do you why do you think controls went out of control well (laughs) you know even with the COSO uh, guidelines right I think
1: about this though if you are a CEO of a company and you're told if you have a control failure or a weakness a material weakness or a deficiency you're going to go to jail you could go to jail that's pretty scary so frankly, I think um, companies just erred on the side of being conservative along those lines. However, I think, and this is what you were alluding to earlier around process, is when they put the controls in place, uh, the old way was, let's just, forget about process, let's just put a control in place for the sake of putting a control in place, Right. right?
0: Right, right. And now I think what we're seeing is, you know, let's focus on process. Let's take advantage of, uh, you know, having to open the hood and you know doing all these process walkthroughs. Let's go ahead and take advantage of that time and fix the process. And so, if there is a uh, you know quote unquote weakness, uh, let's say you know are you worried that you're going to write checks to suppliers who don't exist? Right? Is let's let's completely rethink the entire AP process so that it's streamlined and. The check happens much earlier than at the check run.
1: Exactly, exactly, and I think that's where a lot of companies get into trouble. Peter is where they um, they, they they just they they take the old process and, and leave they, it alone, and they, they and they stick a bunch of controls along the way. Mm-hmm. So they've taken a process that's maybe antiquated, doesn't work right anyway, and then put some controls in places where. Um, maybe they're not very effective or not really doing anything and it makes the process even worse so uh, what you're describing is actually backing up and looking at that core process and making it better as part of that control process control implementation right
0: right right and i would suggest to you that in your example when you have an antiquated process that's over controlled people will find ways around it so you actually create A weakness in my mind. I I know it sounds kind of crazy, but I've seen that. Whereas if you step back and you make the process more streamlined, people are more likely to follow it.
1: Well, I think the other piece of it, though, too, Peter, is, and this is what you're alluding to, I think, is when a company has really, really bad process, Mm -hmm. um, they tend to lose their good people. That's fair. Because their good people leave and then they're left with people who are. Um, maybe not as good at their job and, and shouldn't be doing that particular job, they're stuck in that job, and then it makes the process even worse. It's kind of this, uh, I'll call it uh, catch-22 you get into. So let's, maybe, maybe let's talk about a couple of kind of examples of uh, some companies who have actually put in controls and improved the process at the same time.
0: Okay, um, I'll let you start.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Jeez, Liz, <you> know. <laughs> that's called that's
0: called throwing the softball back back at the pitcher.
1: Yeah. Well, let me. So the first time we, and and I, and I remember this is several years ago. The first time we had a discussion with a uh, controller about improving the process and making things better. So, for example, the, the the close process, closing the books, and you look at a lot of companies, they struggle with. Well, oh, how long does it take you to close the books? And they say, well, it takes me three weeks or four weeks. I said, how about the new control process that we put in place? We collapse that close into a week instead of three weeks. And, of course, the controller looks at me like I'm crazy and says, there's no way. You're going to put more things in place. And I said, no, what we're going to do is we're going to look at your close process and look at things that controls that you've put in place. And, by the way, there's two types of controls out there. There's controls that people put in place because of Sarbanes-Oxley, and then there's controls people put in place um, because that's the way it's always been done, and that's called bad process. Hmm. And you, so many times you you talk to a um, an accountant and you say, okay, why do you print out this uh, journal entry? And they say, well, because then I sign it and somebody else signs. And I said, well, do you know there's workflow in your system that does that can do that for you? Well, we never turned it on because we always print it. And, and, and so you get into this discussion about things they've invented internally, not because of Sarbanes-Oxley or controls, just because somebody, that's the way they've always been doing it. So what we start doing is looking at all those things that they're doing that are not value-added from a, a control perspective.
0: Well, yeah, and then I think when you're talking about m- the monthly close, it goes all the way back to making sure that the transactions – uh, the transactions that generate the GL entries, right, the journal entries, are all done correctly as well, so that you don't have to go back and revalidate, you know, all your revenue entries, or revalidate all your your expense entries, or revalidate all your. Uh, asset or or your uh, depreciation entries, right? I mean, it you you have to go all the way back to the beginning, don't you?
1: Right, you have to look at it from an end to end process perspective, and that's part of what, what what you do. So when you're doing your risk assessment, the the risk might be that revenue is misstated. Well, take a look at the, all the way from when someone creates a, um, a a transaction that actually generates an invoice, all the way through to Booking that onto your books, and right. and what what typically happens is you look at a company, and let's say for example we had a client that was a mid market company, weren't a big company, but they they had um, uh, one person who did uh, perform revenue and receivables because they were small. Right. They didn't they, and so the typical approach is well let's put segregation of duties in place and let's move some people around and shuffle up some things. Well, that wasn't effective for them. They weren't big enough to go hire more people. So instead, um, what we did is we looked at all the way from when the ticket was created, let's look at a control there exactly. as opposed to segregating somebody's duties that they don't have enough people for to do. And, and, and oh, by the way, we got to hire another person to just go check that other person. So let's look at the end-to-end process, and let's put the control at the front end um, operationally and then when that information flows into, we'll put a control on the back end from an accounting close perspective, as opposed to putting in the middle. So it's all about where you put the control, right? Right. I agree.
0: And, you know, another example is, um, you know, if you're an oilfield services company, time, time is huge, right? Time that you're going to bill, time that you're going to pay your employees and, and capturing time at the wellhead is is critical. And uh, the the place to check whether your time is correct is not just as you post or right after you post. It is at the front end where you have either your, your pusher or your manager or, you know, somebody like that. They're checking their cruise time. And if they sign off, at, you know, at the front end, then it's good and it's done.
1: Right, right. And then you have an automatic control on the back end of the customer because the customer is paying for that time. Exactly. And they're not going to pay for time they didn't book, right? Right,
0: exactly. So, you know, at the time that you invoice, right, your your AR invoice, right, uh, and you send that out, uh, and whether or not the company man, you know, signs the the work ticket. I mean, there's natural controls built into that process.
1: Right, right, exactly, exactly. And I I, I think a lot of companies get – they, they say, well, that guy's not in the accounting department, so how could he be responsible for a control? And that's where a lot of companies fall into a, in a situation where what I've done is I've told the guy, the operations manager, I've told him, hey... Uh, you don't need to worry about it. We're going to do everything for you. And that's where you put the onus on operations. And that's just part of their process, right? Right. It's just, but, but that's a good it process. Anyway, right?
0: right. Exactly. That's what I mean is, is, you know, and, and that's, that's where I think the disconnect is, is if you do the process right all the way to the beginning, be it operations or be it finance, you know, whatever that process is, by default, you're putting good controls in place,
1: right? And what you, the the example you just did was an excellent example of a case where the control already happens, right? Because they already do it. But let's let's go ahead and make that a part of our formal control framework, exactly. A, as opposed to adding another one on the back end. The one I the one I was given was the opposite of I've got a control in place that just doesn't make sense. Let's let's pull that out. So right. you got to look at it and say, first question is. Is, that, is there a control that would be a good formal control as part of our controls framework, or is it something we just stop doing and move the control somewhere else? Right. So how, how do we get, you know, the CEO
0: uh, and CFO, they're, they're signing off on these docs. They're worried about going to jail, right? Um, I haven't seen a whole lot of people go to jail, though, since SOX has been implemented, or maybe it's just very quiet how do we get them comfortable or how, how do you get them comfortable with this concept of let's get the process right. Okay. And that will address, you know, and, and put in some key, you know, checkpoints slash controls. Um, But if you get your process right, you're, you're good. How, how, how do you get people over that hump?
1: Yeah. It's, I think part of it is it's transparency. Okay. And transparency to, uh, and understanding of the controls framework and that's really what, what comes down to um, tone at the top and the people you hire too. and so when they start thinking about the controls framework they also got to look at it from a tone at the top perspective so what, what, what in effect you do is you tell a CEO listen part of your controls framework is how you set the tone around our controls and your tone needs to be it's all about process improvement and doing things right and you push it that way then people start understanding it and say hey it's not only the right thing comply, to do and they comply right, right. Be, it's not only the right thing to do but it's the it's, it's the most just, efficient right and,
0: and it's best for the company right. and by the way we're going to make we're going to be more efficient that way we're going to have less overhead maybe more money for bonuses you know and our company can compete better in the market
1: right right and it's, it's that mentality and so and it it's, and it becomes part of the culture too and and you start looking at a company's culture and um all that drives behavior, and because right. really controls is about preventing bad behavior, behavior. Right. right? So how do I enforce good behavior? And so that's all part of the change management process, where you say, look, what we're going to do is we're we're going to make um, certain controls part of your controls framework that will be audited by your. Um, and tested by your internal audit group okay so that's the whole testing process to make sure it works and then validated
0: by your auditors yeah then the auditors will come in come in and do their testing what they do
1: but if you if you couch it in a certain way where people are accepting of it as opposed to oh it's drudgery and something i have to do because here's the here's the worst scenario okay the worst scenario is i tell someone um, the control is you're going to sign off on this report that shows um, time capture, mm-hmm. okay? And and by the way, it's drudgery. It's not part of your job. It's just something you need to do. And, and I've seen this before where they actually had uh, this company hired someone who was, who was just checking, double-checking the payroll runs, okay? Right. Well. I, you know, I could have stuck an Easter egg in the middle of it. And, I don't and, no, think she would and nobody noticed. would have noticed. She right. would have noticed it. Now, what she really comes down to, they didn't have any problems. She, and because you asked her, did you ever catch any, find any errors? She says, no, no because uh, the, the, the check was already happening. And so she was just blindly checking off on, on the list. And that's where you get into trouble, where people are blindly doing something and not – Understand if they're responsible for it.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And I, and I think if I remember correctly, in that case, what happened was is that the managers were already signing off on the time as it, as they were being captured exactly. in you know in the ticket, and the managers were, were had PL responsibility, so they were highly motivated to make sure that all that stuff was accurate. If you don't capture the right amount of time, you're not billing correctly, and you're not going to make your your revenue.
1: Right. Right. And what you're hitting on right there is. You, you've got to you got to think about the other piece of controls too. Is think about it's the whole why would somebody even attempt to do something wrong okay right. so there's the the personal benefit of someone saying well I'm going to create a fake vendor and spend uh, and spend that money a personally right
0: and if you're responsible for p&l that's going to hurt your bottom line well, so yeah. you're not going to get as big a bonus
1: well yeah that's that's true but, but it's the whole behavioral piece right. of why right. would somebody do it exactly now, on the vendor on the vendor piece is there's very simple controls you put in place around setting up your vendors right. and then on the back end disbursements and 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 a lot of times i still people
0: you can't do the same right right
1: but here's the deal on disbursements you know what some companies go well you know what we can't let um we've got an ap person Mm -hmm. we can't let them also print checks Mm -hmm. um and and so they try to put controls within ap when really where where you put the control is on on the upfront which is getting the the vendor
0: set up and then getting the invoice approved right
1: and so, and, and, and by the way, um, within your system, and we'll talk about IT controls in a, in a little bit, but w- within your system, um, uh, if you've got the proper and you test those controls, you can set up where you just run a report, any vendor change, um, the controller reviews that, Or, and, and it's a simple um, weekly review. And then on the disbursement side, it's just a list of here's all the checks that are going out or ACHs. Yeah. that are going out and the treasurer, treasurer just checks reviews. reviews on them and right. and does a random test of a few of them but if you keep the, keep it simple like that as opposed to try to make it onerous on the AP department then you got to go hire a bunch more AP people
0: right right and you know you sort of brushed on a on a on an interesting little uh situation you know when you started talking about segregation of duties you sort of brush the if you're not a large company you can't you don't have enough people to do true segregation, right? Well, of every segregation every duty by, possible. by right. every duty possible. And and so I guess, you know, what we've seen smaller companies do is, yeah, you know, if you look at somebody's role, like the AP clerk may actually still have to maintain the supplier table, right? Which most people's head would explode if, if they thought about that hard. Um, but you just brought up a great point. The way that you address... That lack of ability to have two different people do that is if the treasurer is looking at the ACH payments and validating at that point, that's the control that will stop the whole you know quote unquote brother-in-lawing, right?
1: Well, yeah, but there, but even before that, you can have any vendor changes. You can run most systems today yeah. can run. You a just run a report and somebody see, validates. Somebody that. can look at the, right. those things right. and investigate it. Right.
0: It's, so those are two types of controls that you just mentioned. Two types of checkpoints that say, even in small companies where you can't do segregation of duty by, by role, you know, person by role, if you will, um, you can still have have good controls in
1: place. That, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And and you don't have to add people. And and people. The other piece of this, and maybe we talk a little bit about the IT right. controls piece of this whole thing. Right. Um, and th- this is where um, companies often get in trouble: is not they don't have enough knowledge of their system and the capabilities of their system in-house, and I'm talking from a business perspective, not from a technology perspective, of what the capabilities of the systems are. And they fall into one of two traps. One is there are ways to get into the system and do things that are backdoor-type things that they may or may not be preventing. But then on the flip side is there's ways to um, that are innate controls within the system that you can build to automate your controls, right. right? And I think maybe comment on that a little bit for you. Well, yeah.
0: So what's, what's really interesting is um, most of the systems that folks are using today, all those weaknesses, you know, the workarounds that you're mentioning, they're well-documented. And it always it always surprises me when a company goes, huh, I didn't know that, you know, you could access a database and make changes to journal entries without it being logged. Whereas I can literally just go out and Google that system and say known weaknesses, known control weaknesses, and you'll get a list of them. And people don't take advantage of that, and they always seem to be surprised. So every system, people have to, to realize there are weaknesses and there's backdoors.
1: Right, but they also need to be diligent about that uh, from a system implementation perspective too At, because there have been cases where... Um, the uh, software provider didn't properly document or there's something not right proper about their software. So they need to be diligent and be aware of that and, and make sure that those back doors aren't, aren't, aren't open. Yeah,
0: that is correct. And, and that, that's exactly where I was going, Bill, is that what you need to do is, is, you know, there, there's, there's two situations, right? The system has been there forever. Okay. and, and, Um, You know the current management team had nothing to do with the implementation So the simple search will allow you to go out and identify what the typical issues are And you can very quickly determine, you know, have you plugged those gaps, right? And these are just the the weaknesses at a technical level During system implementation you always need to take controls into, into place and I would suggest to you that you know this is where the whole key functionality component is that you're talking about you got to get your processes right you got to make sure that they're supported by the system you take care of you know you use workflow to help put the right controls in place, use reports to help identify where, you know, people might be doing things incorrectly, but at the same time at the technical level, you know, and I'm talking, I'm not going to bore people with, you know, database speak, right, but, you know, being able to get in backdoor, you know, did you change admin, admin as as your key password to access the system, and what can you do, you know, at a technical level to make changes and create material issues, Um, those have to be addressed up front.
1: Well, I mean, so you bring up a good point. You're talking about passwords, and and uh, and, and then I, I, to me today, the thing because you, you mentioned earlier, you don't hear a lot of people going to jail with and Oxley. What you do hear about is people companies being attacked from the outside, right. hacked. And right. It seems to me that's a bigger problem than the internal uh, right. control uh, I- I control of the in- what people are doing internally. Right. It's the outs- outside world. Right. Maybe comment on that, Peter. Yeah,
0: sure. That's I mean, that's, that's, that's an easy comment, right, is bottom line is we are all under attack all the time, and now we're getting out of the world of, you know, when you think of your financial system, you start thinking about email. You start thinking about all the other things that you use, all the other systems that you use from your website to even social media okay and um, the they're they're just hackers are smart and what they're going to try to do is they're after your money so you have to always realize that's what they want they want your money and so they will send you emails with links that will infect systems uh, hold you hostage ransomware to get money or the more sophisticated hackers will constantly try to they'll hack your customers or supplier systems and no, you either are going to bill a customer or you owe a supplier money. And what they will do is they will generate emails that look like they come from those parties and ask you to change bank account information. Or they even and call give you us on payment. the phone. They'll call you on the phone. And because they've hacked, these other systems have nothing to do with yours, right? They will, they know information that you think, wow, there's no, how do they know about my invoice number? How do they know my PO number, right? Because they've hacked your supplier way, system.
1: And by the way, you know what? They, 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 the information is out there on Facebook and LinkedIn that your name is. Bob Jones, Bob, right, and, you and go I am the AP AP clerk. person at Company X, exactly. And I pay you could, because they look at your Facebook account and they see and, or you, my
0: even my LinkedIn LinkedIn for gosh account. Sakes. Either one of those,
1: and there's right. all that information that's out there. Right. And uh, this is company information,
0: Ex- exactly. And and even if you go, oh, I don't do LinkedIn and I have no social media footprint, but you have a Facebook account. There's enough out there in Facebook, and even just today. Zuckerberg says, you know, right, he owns Facebook, right, runs Facebook. He said, you have to realize your public information has been scraped. What does that mean, scraped? People have gone out, taken all that public information, and it is out there for people to buy and use to try to spoof you, to try to fool you into making a change so that you, can, you will transfer money to the wrong account.
1: Right, and, it's, and people think, well, I've hidden my personal information to just my friends. Well, guess what? Your friends didn't do that. Right, and so, and he, so it's, they it's, get it's, access through and the he, friends. And, and it's right. amazing um, what, what hackers are doing and the information they're finding out about, about your employees at your company, uh, right. and you need to be diligent about it. Now, you can't go tell your employees not to have a Facebook account and all that stuff, but it's edu- Well, legally you can't, but you can educate them. But you can educate them right. and, and explain to them. Hey guys, um, here and here's possible spoofs. Don't, for example, you're wired some money to a vendor, and you get a phone call from them saying, "Hey, can you change the address or bank account? Our bank account information changed." And um, and, and and just putting some diligence in place. And I'll give you a perfect example. Um, one of our clients, um, we we had um, we we did some work for them a couple years ago, and then reengaged with them. On some, we changed bank accounts, and our our. Our controller said, "Hey, um, we got a new bank account." Da 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 da. Well, they didn't just take that as no as word. Actually, one of the people that knew me, per- they searched inside the company. Would you call me personally and confirm that you changed bank accounts? So I actually had a phone call from someone I knew inside the company. Right. verifying that with me to confirm it and that's always and that's just good business practice on their part right
0: it's a good process and and it goes back to our very original conversation even it controls is about good processes it's about yeah right right but educating people and educating people about
1: about all the all the things that can right. possibly be spoofed from the outside and it's, it's a good point um you know, I think you know we've talked about kind of on the accounting side, operational right. side, and IT side from a controls mm-hmm. perspective, and getting—it's all about getting the process right and and, and it's, doing it's the common, right
0: thing. Yeah, it's common sense but to me. So people
1: overcomplicate it though, right? It, exactly,
0: exactly. So anyway, well, listen, we want to thank the uh, listeners for uh, sticking with us, uh, going through if you've gone this far. Uh, you're either uh, asleep or, or or we really appreciate your your attention. Uh, so this podcast was sponsored by
1: Evan, your it guy. It's a, uh, our business uses it for it support. Uh, essentially, if we need someone to help us with any type of it issue, um, we have someone standing by ready to help us immediately and solve our problem. And most of our problems are solved within 30 minutes, but Evan, your it guy, I'd recommend that to any small business out there looking for a company to provide it support in a cost effective way.
0: And thank the listeners again, and
1: uh, I hope you all have an awesome day.